Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips and best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. With us today, we are so excited and honored to have one of our fabulous colleagues with us, Liz Pizer, who is a National Director at Curriculum Associates. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much for being here. If you could just introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here and to visit with you today. So I'm Liz, Liz Pizer. I reside in Kansas um, and I'm a national director of math at Curriculum Associates. And apparently I've been dubbed America's math teacher. We are so excited to have you, Liz. And I just have to echo that I absolutely believe that Liz is America's math teacher. She's done many workshops across the country around learning progressions, and just really amazing math content. So Liz, I would love for you to talk to us about your white paper that you've just written, and what are you working on currently that you're really excited about? Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. I Well, there are a lot of things I'm really excited about, but there are two things right now that are in my brain that I've been thinking about two issues that actually have the same word. So there are two issues around acceleration. So the first term of acceleration, we've been using it lately in the case of unfinished learning. So students in the pandemic world, they're coming to classrooms in different places and and some have some unfinished learning. And so we've been talking a lot about How can we make sure we maintain on grade level instruction? Maintaining on grade level instruction is the name of the game. So how can we maintain on grade level instruction, but also uh, build in scaffolds to help students that have some unfinished learning? How can we help them be better able to access on grade level instruction? So so fourth grade students doing multi-digit multiplication might some have unfinished learning from third grade where they were introduced to multiplication. So how can we bridge the gap? So maintain what we need to do in fourth grade, but also help build that scaffold from what they were doing in third grade and build up to what they're doing in fourth grade without going back and repeating everything that they did in the grade year before. So um, we have materials to help allow for that with our prerequisite report and to do um, and lessons and how to infuse that. But then also what Danielle and I are doing to help teachers um, understand how to fill in the gaps. We're offering a series of sessions in October and November around math content. So we'll look at a trajectory of learning so teachers can see the learning that builds across those grade levels so they can fill in um, some of those scaffolds to maintain that on-grade level instruction. So we'll help with the content and We'll also help with the social emotional learning of students. So we have inclusive classrooms where students, their thinking is honored no matter what place they're in and no matter where their learning is or unfinished or not, we want to build those inclusive classrooms to make it a really safe environment. So that is the first thing that I'm thinking about. 
Um, and we have information if you want to get that about their series. And then the second issue I'm thinking about also uses the word acceleration, but this is in a totally different context. This is where we're actually accelerating students beyond their grade level. So in this case, when we use the term acceleration, I'm thinking about, well, we might possibly have some fourth grade students who are on an accelerated path and they're doing seventh grade mathematics or a seventh grade student on an accelerated path is participating in an eighth grade algebra class. So thinking about that kind of acceleration, again, in this pandemic year, it might make sense to step back and rethink that because with that idea of unfinished learning, being in a class beyond their grade level might not be the most appropriate placement for some of these students. So regarding the white paper, we have a, a published piece to help districts and teachers rethink some of those practices that will um, make sure that coherence is in place and we aren't creating gaps with student learning by putting them in a class that might not be the best placement for them at this time. So we have information around that type of acceleration. So you did a great job talking about the two terms of acceleration. Because in the first part, you were talking about using acceleration as a tool to help students with unfinished learning, which everybody knows, hopefully, this is not a new concept. COVID didn't happen. And all of a sudden, we're like, what? Some students are learning at different rates. Right. So what research is sharing is that acceleration is what that means, like, like you just shared, Liz, is that we want to make sure that we're using grade level content first and all students have access to that then you can use data or if you work with us at iReady we have that prerequisite report to really help you understand what students need then liz was talking about the second form of acceleration which is another concept particularly middle school math where you're trying to have students quickly advance through mathematics and i think this is that term is confusing many educators so liz in your thinking, in your work, let's go back to the first part of acceleration. What are you hearing from educators or what are you thinking around the best way to help educators use grade level content and understand even like what are the skills and the learning progressions in order to be successful in attempting to close gaps using the uh, grade level content that they have access to? That's a great question. Um, and I think it comes back to um, knowing where your grade level content resides along the trajectory of learning for students in that mathematical strand. So another example, um, if I am teaching fraction computation, uh, maybe I'm teaching addition of fractions with unlike denominators. And so, before students can do that on grade level, they need to replace fractions with equivalent fractions. And so what is that, what is that prior knowledge? And so the teacher of that grade level might not know what the, what the models were or what the prior knowledge was from that previous grade, but there is some unfinished learning there in order to access that addition of fractions with unlike denominators. So what we try to provide is the prerequisite skill necessary. So how do we create equivalent fractions and then also resources 
that um, show the teacher the visual models that the students were introduced to in that grade level. Because a lot of times teachers are, I was really good at knowing my, my grade level standards and I wasn't so adept at knowing what came before. So I think it is a matter of in, in training and in materials to make sure teachers have exposure to some of those models of the prerequisite skills so they can infuse that into their on-grade level instruction to help bridge the gap for students. And that's so interesting because even as I'm listening to you share that, I think for me, I experienced a lot of math trauma growing up. I was really nervous about math. Um, I didn't, it took me a little bit longer to understand it. I didn't always get the right answer right away. So I internalized a lot of that. So even as a professional, I think the reason why I get so excited to talk about math trauma is that I experienced it and I don't want other, it's a, it's a phenomenon. And so even the way that you're sharing how to think about those prerequisite skills and what comes before, if you are a teacher that is just focused on your content, I think there's a fear for some educators to do some of that work because it's the unknown or they don't have the, um, they haven't had the time to go back and understand the progressions because math is very different than ELA, obviously. ELA, cause and effect is cause and effect is cause and effect, right? <laughs> it's that you increase in the text complexity between third and sixth grade, but the idea of cause and effect doesn't really change. But what you're talking about is very nuanced in understanding unlike and like denominators and the way that that works with a third grade version of that versus how you're supposed to teach it at fifth grade. So these are very nuanced things to think about, which um, all of you wonderful people listening to the podcast, Liz Pizer is an amazing presenter, knowledge person on all of the learning progressions. So if you are listening, being like, what is she talking about? Is this English? Please listen to her session. Please come to the, just breaks it down in such a wonderful way of just with the visuals. It's hard to see it in a podcast, but she does a really good job with helping you not have math trauma. A little plug for you, Liz, because you've helped me with my math trauma many times. Oh, thank you. I'm so I am. It, it pains me to hear that that you have math trauma. I know it's a real thing, and it just makes me so so sad. Um, so to combat that, yes, we have um, sessions to help with the unfinished learning and to help everybody listening out there see the connections between grade levels because I think sometimes in our teacher training that really gets lost um, and the standards all, you know, across the country, all the college and career standards have been built on these trajectories of learning. And as I said before, you know, we're really good at knowing our grade level, but now we need to be even better at knowing what's come before so that just organically you can infuse that into your instruction. So, yeah. So what we try to do is um, really hands-on learning, even in zoom, like it's all hands-on and you're in the privacy of your own home. I can't see you. So I don't know if you're making a mistake or not. It doesn't matter. So no math anxiety at all on, on our math sessions. Cause nobody can see you. It's awesome. <laughs> Say I'm a fifth grade teacher um, and I, I want to become more familiar with, I'm bought into this. I want to dive right in. I want to know what my students maybe learned in third grade or, or second grade because I'm seeing these gaps. Are there other resources, um, say I don't use iReady in my classroom or books or places I can go that we will link in the show notes where you would recommend that I kind of get started just to understand 
how these things work and how I can build my own content knowledge. I personally love the NCTM Developing Essential Understanding series. I have the whole series here. I love these books, Essential Understandings of Rational Numbers, Essential Understandings of Functions, Essential Understandings. I love their, it's NCTM. I have those same books. I love those books. (laughs) I have a whole series and they're all marked up and flagged and sticky noted. Um, So that would be, and, and really, I think the best thing is just to get a hold of your state's standards and read them, read them with a group (laughs) and, and analyze them. And in most of the state standards, it'll say apply and extend previous understandings. So for me, if I'm a fifth grade teacher and I'm applying and extending previous understandings, where do those previous understandings occur? So you have to flip back in the standards and find where it was introduced because I'm responsible for applying and extending that. Well, then I'm responsible for knowing what that is. And it happens in a grade level before. So I highly recommend um, getting a a PLC or a group of teachers or colleagues or, you know, like make it casual and have your favorite beverage and just kind of break out the standards and, and read them and try to try to analyze them. And okay. And then ask yourself or ask your group. Okay. So what would this look like? What would this look like if I were teaching this? You know, my standards books are all marked up with diagrams. I'm constantly drawing pictures just to try to figure out what the heck the standard is saying. (laughs) And then, you know, what would just be a good visual model to show kids to demonstrate that? Super helpful. Thank you. I think vertical planning is what you're sharing too. I think sometimes it does help to plan with the grade level teacher before and even if you're in elementary school that you have K through five teachers or K through six teachers, even a third, fourth and fifth grade teacher planning together around mathematics, I think would be helpful. And I understand that time, it's hard to even have a PLC with your own grade level, more or less asking to meet with other educators, which is why, like Liz said, there's really great resources. And if you are an iReady partner, please, if you've not looked at our prerequisite report, it is very helpful in doing this work. The learning progressions are there for you. We have identified the prerequisite skills and the goal is to save you time. But this, all of it, what matters is that you also create a safe environment for yourselves to do the work and like Liz shared, for your students to do the work. And that's something that if you're interested, we do like... Um, we typically don't advertise so many things on our podcast, but we are, like Liz shared, we're having a webinar series. And the point is to just create classrooms where students feel valued, seen, validated, safe around mathematics, and teachers feel the same way. So when you listen to some of the content Liz is sharing, she does a great job breaking it down, showing the visuals, so you don't feel as stressed like I know I would have if I was teaching during this time, trying to figure it all out. It's hard, y'all, but we're here. This is why we even have Liz on the podcast. We want to know that you are not alone. There are resources for you, but just keep listening and just keep teaching. Just keep teaching. Just keep teaching. (laughs) Says Dory the fish. So (laughs) that is all the time we have for today. And before we go, Liz, in thinking about educators um, during this really interesting time to be an educator, do you have any final words or advice um, for the 
math teachers out there who might be listening or struggling or all teachers who are just needing a little TLC. Any final words for them? Final words. Um, I don't know. I'm always like, I can't not do math without visual models. So I would just say if when at all possible times use manipulatives or draw pictures, have the kids draw pictures. It's like, have like just use visual models. It really, really, really helps students see the mathematics. And it's a podcast, but Liz was showing her manipulative. Oh. She was holding them up to the to the see? camera. So everybody, it's, yeah, so it's hard really hard for me to do math it. without visual models. This is hard. It's just my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm holding up base ton blocks and some two color counter, the red and yellow two color counters, y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Liz, and for sharing your expertise with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. And as always, you can follow along with us on Twitter at Curriculum and on Instagram at MyIReady. And please be sure to tag us in your post too, so we can see the amazing work you do every single day. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We are here for you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. <laughs>